Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mutt and Lou, we're live at Dave & Buster's 93.7 WEEI and a team that uh, surpassed a lot of expectations and got a lot of people excited about basketball. And joining us on the AT&T hotline is the owner of the Boston Celtics, Wick Grosbeck. Wick, it's Mutt and Lou. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're doing good. We ask players all the time, Wick, you know, how long it takes to get over a loss. So let me ask an owner, how long does it take to get over a series loss and a Game 7 loss like that? Uh, I won't get over it until we get past those guys. Um, we got to beat them. So we- it doesn't happen in a week or a month. It could take a year. It could take I don't know how long. It's, it's a tough one. You look back at this team, Wick, back in February, you know, not performing well, I think underachieving at that point. There was some questioning of how this team came out of the lockout, were they ready to play, but they just turned this thing around to the point where fans started talking about pride and talking about, you know, the famous grit and balls comment from KG. Did you see that in this team? Did you see this kind of run? I guess I, I was thinking we had a all-hands meeting yesterday with all the business staff, and we were talking about the season, and if you had told me a year ago when we were going into a work stoppage that we're going to come out of it with a closer connection with our fans and a more beloved team, basically, a strong word, but, you know, it is a more beloved team right now, better connection, um, I would have been shocked. I, I didn't know if we'd even save the season. I didn't know uh, after we started playing the season how our guys were going to respond, and then they just put it together and gave, as Doc said at the end, they gave him everything that they had. They gave us everything that they had. And it was, a, it was a great run, so I'm thrilled with it. I, I, I credit the team, I credit Doc, uh, credit the fans. The chant at the end of Game 6, Let's Go Celtics, was just unbelievable. One of the best moments ever, and, um, you know, it's been a great year. You mentioned the lockout. I wonder, Wick, looking back now, do you feel like it affected this team heading into the regular season? Well, it did affect us, no doubt, heading into the regular season. I think the sudden settlement, which I was involved in in December, Getting that done, uh, both revenue sharing and the deal with the players, you know, happened quickly in December, and I, I think it's the right thing to do for the league and for the players and for the, the owners. Uh, I won't speak for the players, but, I mean, I, I think it was a fair deal, and um, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise, and I just don't think we were ready to play starting Christmas Day necessarily. Having said that, they pulled it together in time, um, and we made it to the conference finals, but I, I wish we'd gone a little further. There's obviously a lot of uncertainty moving forward with this big three. When you look back at the last five years and you see you know, a championship, two conference finals, um, two, two NBA championship appearances rather than three Eastern Conference finals appearances, how will you look back and reflect on these last five years? Have you had an opportunity to do that yet? Well, I, you know, I've reflected a little bit. I, I have no problem reflecting on 08, and when I'm sitting in my courtside seat there, um, I occasionally, especially if times are getting tough, I look up. And I look up at the 08 banner, I've got to be honest. I'm, I'm thrilled with that. I'm proud of it. I named the company Banner 17 because, and in my first press conference ever, I said, uh, someone said, what do you mean by that? And I said, I, I mean we're going to win Banner 17 or I am going to die trying. That is uh, from my first ever press conference and probably last ever for all I know. But uh, 
I, I'm proud of that. And, and a lot of people did a lot, and there was a lot of good luck as well, but a lot of people had a lot to do with that banner hanging up there, and um, that's, that's the job. When you run the Boston Celtics or, or take it over, um, you're taking it over in trust for a lot of people, starting with Red Auerbach and Walter Brown and Bill Russell and all the way back, and uh, you want to honor that by winning championships, and we were lucky enough to get one. You know, I was talking the other day about how, you know, looking back when I was growing up, my generation of, of Bird and McHale and Parrish and DJ and Danny, you know, there was that Celtic pride. And I feel like this group here in, in a short five-year span is the next generations of Celtic pride. I think people look back at this era and they will judge uh, future teams, I think, to this team. Is that something as an owner of this group yeah. that gives you great pride? I totally agree with that. And I think when you see Paul Pierce uh, with, you know, however many years, 13 years in green or whatever it is, and 13 or 14, and you see Rondo drafted in and uh, signing an extension, and you see then Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen coming in from great careers elsewhere, MVP-quality careers coming in elsewhere and becoming identified with the Celtics and with a championship and a great team. Um, it, just, it just adds a lot of Celtic pride. And we go around the country, other arenas, there's a lot of green in the stands, uh, just like the Red Sox see, I'm sure the Patriots see it, the Bruins might see it. It's a, we're oftentimes the number one road draw in the league, and uh, we're very proud of that. We're talking to Wick Grosbeck, Celtic owner here with Mutt and Lou. We talked to Kevin uh, during the regular season, and he talked about that move from, from four to five and how he struggled with it, didn't want to do it, but in the end, Doc wanted him to do it. Is it too simplistic, Wick, to say once that move was made, that Kevin Garnett kind of put this team on his back for a period of time and led them to where he got there at the end of the year? Well, I assume that he, I mean, he just raised his game in every manner, and he could have raised it from the four spot or the five spot. I think he would have from either spot. And I don't think they're that different in our, in our offensive team. They somewhat, they somewhat um, you know, interchange. But I just think he and Paul and Ray and Rondo and Brandon Bass and Avery Bradley uh, and up and carried the team, but I'd say Kevin really, um, he went to the mat. He went beyond uh, where probably maybe he thought he could go. I don't know. He doesn't lack confidence. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he knew he could do it. We're all thrilled that he did it, and, um, and it, was a, it was a real treat to watch it. There's obviously a lot of uncertainty with him, people speculating, will Kevin Garnett retire? Will he return? Will he return here in Boston? Is that something that... You've had an opportunity to sit down with them, or is it too soon? Is, this, is it going to take a while? Do you think KG wants to take up some time here? Well, I think, uh, you know, we've got to let Kevin speak for himself and make his own decisions. Um, it's been a great run with him. He's obviously, uh, he and others are obviously people that would be in the conversation for us, but I think we've got to let that stuff play out. We've got the draft coming up on the 28th. There are always trades talked about on the 27th and 28th, you know, on the draft day. We've got two first-round picks. Uh, we've got a lot of cap room, um, potentially, uh, and so there's a lot of moving pieces, but Kevin is a, is a big piece of this team, and, and you, know, um, you know, we'll let him speak for himself. And he'll speak for himself, Wick, but from a team standpoint, free agency, with the salary cap and, and, and cap holds and everything else, is it imperative to try to figure out in a quick amount of time here what Kevin's going to do because that would be sort of a first domino in the available cap space and roster space you guys would have going forward? Well, I think it's fair to say when you look at the roster and you see who's under contract for next year, starting with uh, Rondo and Pierce, um, and then you see who isn't under contract, mm. you know, which obviously a number of very, very good players have just come off deals with us, including 
uh, all the way to Brandon Bass and Beatrice and other people, um, you know, opting out or being free agents. Um, it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's a it's picture that is not in place for next year yet, and there are free agents available this summer as well from other teams, and there are a bunch of free agents available next summer from other teams potentially. Yeah, we talk about the future of this Celtics team, and it's funny because we when we mentioned Avery Bradley, you know, yeah. you people get excited and, and and the youth and how he he went with Rajon Rondo and how they played together, but that wasn't easy either. When you got a guy like Ray Allen, who's the ultimate professional who is a Hall of Famer, who everybody loves around here, having him coming off the bench. How difficult was that back then in, in going to a Ray Allen and saying, you know, Avery Bradley's going to be the starter here? Yeah, well, I did not have that conversation with Ray Allen, and that's not my, uh, how I see my role on this team. But mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, Avery and Ray, having an embarrassment of riches, as they would say, uh, having a, uh, kind of an old phrase, but having, having choices like that, um, you know, can help a team. And Ray is a consummate professional. He is, uh, you know, he's been fantastic here every minute that he's been here since '07 when he signed up, and, um, and and Avery, you know, just is coming off double shoulder surgery or is about to have a second one done, and mm. um, you know he's got to come back. So I would say that debate is still in flux. In the future, Ray Allen, I'm sure that's somebody, too, that, like you said, the respect is there. Is that something where you sit back and say, Ray, take your time and, and let us know what you're thinking? Well, we're not really saying anything about anything right now, in case you haven't noticed, but uh, you could say that. And I you could say whatever you want, Lou. Um, Wick, Wick, in terms of want, the, the team-building uh, part of it. This play out. We're going to let this play out, and we'll see uh, what kind of team. We want to stay competitive. Mm-hmm. We want to stay contenders. Uh, if we possibly can, but we really want to get Banner 18, and, and sometimes um, you, you need a lot of luck to get a Banner, I can tell you that, but um, uh, you know, we'll see how this plays out over the next couple of years. Hey, you mentioned the four guys on the roster for next year. I think that's pretty unique, right, to have that few guys locked up, Wick. Was that part of the long-term plan, that at some point there would be, you'd have a little bit of space here to try to figure out, and I don't want to say rebuild, but tinker with this by having only four guys signed up? Well, I suppose, I mean, I guess we could have extended guys sooner, but I, at some point, especially with the work stoppage, you know, you can't negotiate contracts, and then the, the season starts and you just sort of find yourself here. I wouldn't say we're looking, I mean, let's put it this way, we're not looking to cut ties with people as much as, I mean, we extended Paul uh, several years ago on a long-term deal. We extended Rondo on a long-term deal as deals come up. Uh, you know, we extended Doc last year. Uh, very important, I think, decision for the franchise to extend Doc and that he wanted to come back for five years was great news for the Celtics organization. So hey. a- as things come up, we try to make mm-hmm. the best call we can and uh, put some money on the line as needed uh, and, you know, and, and try to build the team every single year. You know, watching this run here at the Eastern Conference Finals, I couldn't help but think about hopefully O.J. Mayo is just sitting on his couch who didn't want to be a part of it for some reason. But, you know, not that Doc Rivers needed to prove it to anybody, but this run here with this team and how they finished up, you got to believe it. You know, about free agents not wanting to come here, you know, those rumors and talks, but Doc Rivers has to be the ultimate recruiter, right? You have to look at him and say, I want to play with him, especially the new guys that came over, what you hear about Petrus talking about him in Bass and Keon Dueling. You mentioned Doc coming back. Is that one of the important pieces in bringing guys in? I think so very much. And I think having Rondo here, to be perfectly honest, you know, a young point guard, if, if I were a basketball player, which if anybody saw me play in high school, they know I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but if I were thinking of coming here, I'd say Rondo's going to deliver me the ball perfectly. 
he's going to, you know, steal and rebound and offensive rebound, and, and I'm going to have the ball right there, and, and I could see my numbers going up if I was a numbers guy. So I, I think it's a great place to play basketball, and uh, I would be, uh, I'm optimistic that we can recruit people here. I'm very optimistic. Wick, you're the Celtics owner, but I've heard you talk about co-owner. league. I, I'm a co-owner. Co-owner, I'm yeah. sorry. But you, I've heard you speak so eloquently about league matters. And i got to get your take on the officiating right now in this league. We get call after call about the inconsistency from play to play, quarter to quarter, half to half. As a guy who is there in your courtside seats jumping up and down, I've seen you at some of these calls. How do you rate the state of officials right now in this league? I've got to say this very truthfully. Um, they... <laughs> the league reviews every call on video after the game and gives it a grade and asks us for our feedback and rates the officials, and then the reviewers are reviewed, and then it can be reviewed again. I mean, there's two or three different levels of video review of every call and non-call in every game. Having said that, it's obviously a tough game to officiate, and um, you know, but there's a lot of effort going into making it better. Now, I've heard talk about cutting down on flopping, even from the commissioner saying, you know, flopping... Uh, or deception is uh, something we got to get out of the game. And we have a meeting in July, a league meeting, an owners' meeting, and we're going to talk about it then. So we'll see if we can do anything. Now, David Stern's taking some heat here. I know the interview with Jim Rome talking about the draft order and how New Orleans got the number one. Uh, we've been back there. Talk about that. How how that is in the back room before it even comes out with the announcement. Yeah, I did go back there in '07, and when I was, it was the. Kevin Durant, Greg Oden draft, and we were in the lottery. And you tried and to fix that I, one. <laughs> I, you know, and I wore my lucky suit. I had this green suit, and it was my lucky suit. And uh, I watched the lot. It's a lottery ball machine that goes around. I mean, there's no if it's not rigged in the slightest bit. It, you know, you watch the balls get spit out of the thing. And we got the fifth pick instead of the first or second. Do you burn the suit? And so I thought, oh, my God, the suit let me down. And then I realized later, as I'm in on the duck boats, holding the trophy, that uh, because we got the fifth pick, we were willing to trade it. We traded it for Ray Allen, which led to Kevin Garnett, which led to mm-hmm. uh, a parade. So it, the lucky suit is still hanging in my closet. You look at this league right now, and they just came out with the numbers. Back-to-back 11-8 overnight ratings uh, for these first two games. It appears to me that the game is headed in a healthy direction. Is that what you see? Do you see even room for more growth right now in your league? Oh, the, the league is... is Fantastic, and I think that the fact that uh, we, meaning a group of us uh, players and owners, were able to save the season is phenomenal for the game. And then we've had a great competitive season, and uh, our ratings, the Celtics all the way along, starting in Christmas when we were ESPN or ABC's highest-rated game ever, regular season game, and then ending up with a couple of cable rating records nationally and in Boston and in Miami uh, for our series. I mean, we we've blown the ratings out every single uh, week this year, and the final is just another example. I'd like to be there, but uh, nonetheless, I'm watching. Now, you guys, speaking of the draft, you guys are sitting there 21-22. and 22. Now, I'm not sure if the player's going to be there or not, but Austin Rivers is a name that's come up an awful lot, and, and I'm just curious. because It's not just Doc Sun. This is a great player. How would that dynamic work out, do you think? If it was to happen that you guys were to draft Austin, Austin Rivers, how do you think that would work with Doc, his dad being his, his head coach? I don't know. We, you know, that's a tough one uh, to speculate about. All the indications are that Austin will go higher than that, but but I don't know what will happen. And um, I can trust Doc to do what's right for the Celtics at all times. He is a fantastic addition to the Celtics and has been since whenever he came in '05 or whatever it was. And 
you know, I'm not worried about any anything like that. If if he's on the board and and our basketball guys want to take him, I'm sure we'll take him. And if if they, you know, I doubt he'll be on the board anyway. So it's probably just a hypothetical. Uh, you're as. Uh... You're as, I guess, seen as any owner in the league when you're down in those seats that I joked about before. You had a nice thing to say about the official, but, it, Wick, you ever talking to those guys during the game? They ever give it to you back and forth? It seems like you're pretty into these things on the court side. <laughs> yeah, you ought to ask them about me. Um, <laughs> we actually have a really good time down there at this point. I'm nine years, ten years into this, and so it's, it's, it's just humorous at this point. At, at one point, uh, an official years ago said to me, one more word out of you and I'm throwing you out of the building. And I said, well, one more word out of you and you're not refing the playoffs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which was just an empty bluster, but on, probably on both sides. But uh, then we looked at each other and agreed to let it go. Uh, that was years ago. Now it's just, uh, it's really in, in, in good humor and fun. We're having fun with it. And well, it's good to see I, you I and Joey. It's good to see you and Joey Crawford to figure that out then. You guys are yeah, Joey, well you know, um, I mean, you know, he fouled LeBron out, six fouls. I mean, that's like making history. So uh, can't really, uh, he's on my Christmas card list, I guess. Uh, you, you mentioned LeBron, last one, I guess. And any chance you're rooting for the Heat in this series, Wick? <laughs> it's a pretty slim chance, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Had to ask the question. Wick Grossbeck, co-owner of the Celtics, thank you so much for your time here today. Great great season for your team. You've got a lot of fans, as Lou said. Look at this team now as a team they can tell their kids about. I think it's something you guys as an organization be very proud about. Well, EEI, you guys have done a great job uh, for many, many years in, in partnership with us. We appreciate everything you guys do as well, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, Wick, thank right, you Wick. so much. Wick Grossbeck joining us on the uh, AT&T hotline. It's AT&T. 4G LTE with speeds up to 10 times faster than 3G. It's AT&T Rethink Possible. I wish you would give us a scouting report on Austin and his dad. That's a good, that's a snuck that one in there. Just snuck that in. 90-second break will continue with you, Mutt and Lou, live at Dave & Buster's. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.